shift. Number five, first baseman, Albert Pujols. Welcome, everybody, to the new episode of the Truth and Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Roman, reporting in the middle of nowhere. And an excerpt you just heard of is probably a couple of seasons ago when Albert Pujols returned to St. Louis in a Los Angeles Angels uniform. Um, when he came back in a Los, Los Angeles uh, uniform, he got cheered, he's got a standing ovation. Adam Wainwright and Albert um, uh, Molina was telling him to, you know, to tip the cap and take the cheers and not be so modest, of, you know, in the way that he was. But long story short, um, later on, I'm going to talk about how he got designated for assignment today by the Los Angeles Angels after 10 seasons of being, being with them. But let's get to another story. So last week was the draft. So the draft is over. Did your team draft the players you wanted? Did they make any head-scratching moves? Did they add any draft picks to the future drafts of next uh, of 2022? So the first three picks of this year's draft was Pan uh, was the Jaguars, Jets, and 49ers. And the funny thing about all about all these three teams that either drafted, I mean, that drafted a quarterback, all three teams either drafted for a quarterback within the last three seasons or traded for a quarterback in the last three seasons and made a commitment. The Jets, a couple weeks ago, traded Sam Donald to the Panthers. They never really gave Sam Donald an offensive line. Livion Bell was never good or elite like he was with the Steelers. His only good wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, who he's, he's going to be reconnected with in Carolina, left last offseason to the Panthers. And rather than add a ton, ton of weapons and see if, if Donald could work with that, they traded him. Rather than put... With the salary cap they have, with the draft capital they had this upcoming draft, rather than say, okay, the last few seasons, we never really gave you good an offensive line. We never really even given you great receivers. We never really given you, we, we tried with Le'Veon Bell to give you a good running back, but he never really lived up to expectation. You know, in this offseason, we're going to do that. We're going to do all those things. And then see what you could do. No, they thought, okay, Zach Wilson, who went from one season of being okay to another season of being brilliant, was good enough to draft number two. And we'll see what happens with him. Zach Wilson is right now, with, with Sam Donald being traded, is being gifted 
the starting quarterback position. Now, out of all the quarterbacks that were drafted in the first uh, one, two, and three, Zach Wilson also is going into the season not just being gifted the the quarter uh, the starting position. He's also going in with a rookie coach. I don't know if this is the best decision for the Jets. The Jets barely improved their offensive line. They have question marks with the receiver. Yes, Corey Davis was good with the Titans, but he's never gained a thousand yards, and he's never been a number one guy. He's never carried the receiving core, so he's a good, a great number two, but he hasn't ever put put those numbers up to basically uh, um to basically be number one receiver. They got Mims. They got Elijah Moore to be another slot receiver. I mean, they made slight removes to improve, but long story short, I don't know how this is going to help Zach Wilson blossom into the quarterback they want. They want. This is a team that, that has basically drafted since the year 2000 four or more different different kinds of starting um, starting quarterbacks. And only really Chad Pennington was okay. You know, Mark Sanchez was okay. But did they really give Sam Donald Sam Donald a chance? Did they really even give him an opportunity to succeed? I don't think so. I I don't know what's gonna happen with Zach Wilson, but as of right now, I just this is a he head scratching team that that could have done multiple things in this draft that didn't need to ha that didn't need a uh, a quarterback. I think they could have went for Lamar Chase. They don't have really a good tight end. They could have went multiple ways, ladies and gentlemen. But truth be told, they did did not trust that Sam Donald was the guy that take him to the next level. So that's why they traded Donald away to the pan the Panthers away to the Panthers, and basically drafted Mr. Zach Wilson. Now for the 49ers. Now in 2018, they signed J uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, aka Jimmy G. To a five-year contract. Now Garoppolo's problem is his health. In four seasons with the 49ers, he's played one full season. So I get why drafting another quarterback is important. Important for the 49ers. Now with Jimmy Garoppolo's contract and his health, he's most likely going nowhere for them. It is said that he's probably going to stay with them the next two years of his contract. Hopefully he does stay healthy and lets Trey Lance learn a lot from him and from Shanahan. But like I said before, in the last four, five seasons basically, because he's been with them five seasons, he has not stayed healthy. So there's a chance that Trey, Trey Lance may start this season because Garoppolo always gets hurt. But we'll see what happens. Trey, Trey Lance will have time to develop it will have time to develop if Garoppolo stays healthy or Garoppolo gets hurt again and Lance will either shine in his absence or not. Now there's a chance that Lance may shine because the 49ers have a good offensive line, they have a good running game and they have a good receiving core and the defense is not bad ladies and gentlemen. Now for the Jaguars. Now, you know, this is a team that I I I despise the most out of the three teams that drafted a quarterback in one, two, and three. And why? Well, in the last two seasons, they tanked, basically, in order to get Trevor Lawrence. 
there was such a hot commodity around Trevor Lawrence that a lot of people wanted him. A lot of people say, are thinking that he's going to be like Andrew Luck, that he's going to shine the minute he gets onto the field and be great. That's what's being put on his shoulders right now, and that's what they're saying. See, now, the, the reason why I don't like this team, this team besides tanking, about a couple seasons ago, they were 10-6, and six and they went to the AFC Conference. Now, rather than build and add talent to that 2017 team, they chose to subtract. So what, what's, so what is wrong with Gordon Manchu, the second? Probably said his last name wrong. If you look at what he did, what he, did he was an upgrade over Bortles. He, he, his statistically, he passed for more yards. His uh, percent, um, throwing percentage was higher, and his touchdown, touchdown to turnover ratio was good. Why not convert this offense, the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars offense, to help Gardner thrive? Why tank? The question of the day is, can they trust any of the question of the day? And long story short, with this whole quarterback situation, one, two, and three, was not just that they 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 they, they quit on three quarterbacks that they either drafted for or traded for. Is that can we trust them to hold on to the quarterbacks they just drafted? Will the Jets let Zach Wilson ha shine? Will they add pieces next offseason if there's a problem still on the offensive line? Will Michael Carter, the rookie for the Jets, shine? Will Corey Davis be great? Will Mims, who didn't have a great season last year, be great? Will this offensive line improve? Will, the, will Jimmy Garoppolo shine? Because out of all the quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round, Trey Lance has the fewest passing attempts. Short story on him. When he was going into college, he was they were trying to convert him into another position, and he said no. So rather than being in a big-time college, he went to a smaller college because he did not want did not want to convert into another position. But I think he was shy more more, uh, more than Trevor Lawrence and more than Zach Wilson just because this team has a better offensive coach. This team has a better offensive line. This team has a better overall defensive talent. So I trust the 49ers right now and their development skills on Trey Lance. So let's talk about the draft. Besides the three top picks in the draft, it's easy to criticize and say a move is smart, bad, or what have you. Every year, ladies and gentlemen, players who are drafted four, fourth round to the seventh round outperform some players drafted in the first and second and third round. And don't forget the players that were undrafted. One of the best running backs last season for the NFL was James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ladies and gentlemen, he was undrafted. He wasn't predicted to do well by any executive, by any scout. The Jaguars basically took a chance on him. They weren't expecting a lot because not a lot of undrafted drafted players do shine or become all pro players. But long story short, he's an example of this past season just to keep things fresh. 
of a guy who was undrafted who performed pretty good. Now, what was his numbers last season? Well, last season, he had 1,300 yards, total yards. For undrafted running back, that's pretty good. And he had 10 touchdowns. No scout or executive so-called draft experts saw this coming. And after 16 games, to continue with the draft, after 16 games in, in two or three seasons, then in my eyes, you could really analyze this draft. You can't really analyze this draft just because of what I said. That guys between the 4th and 7th round sometimes outperform guys drafted ahead of them. They are undrafted rookies every year. Every year these guys are do this combine, do this pro day, and, and, are, and are compared to certain NFL players. And fans get excited. Fans go crazy. Fans start analyzing it. I'm a part of a Facebook thing that 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 uh, that I'm on about the Giants where we debate with each other good moves, bad moves. Do we overpay? Do we over this? Do we underdo this? What what have you? But long story short, that's the draft. You can't really analyze it now. Analyze it after 16 games. After 16 games, then we'll start seeing guys who, like I said, drafted between the 4th and 7th round, outperform these guys, some guys drafted ahead of them. We'll see some guys who were great in college, and for whatever reason, in their pros, they can never find their feet. That's why I say wait after 16 games. Sometimes wait after two or three years. With the right coaches, some of these guys will become all pro Pro Bowl players. Let's be realistic. Sometimes some players don't do well in the pros because the coaches don't want him. Or maybe the GM doesn't want him. So these guys don't perform well. Dwayne Haskins wasn't wanted in Washington. Where is he now? The Steelers. And this guy was better than Daniel Jones in college. I think he had he had over 30, 30 touchdowns. He was in Ohio State. Daniel Jones was in Duke. Duke, ladies and gentlemen. Duke is not known to be one of the best college football uh, football colleges right now. In basketball, the, in the last 30 to 40 years, they've always been one of the top teams. There's been... Top, uh, ranked in the top 25 and has produced great NBA players but in college football it is a reach so let's talk about my Giants I am one of those guys who looked at this draft and was getting angry at my New York Giants why was I getting angry well because I wanted Mackay Persons ladies and gentlemen but it seemed like the Giants did not want him so what did they do they added draft capital from the Chicago Bears and drafted uh, Florida wide receiver Tony, who should could be great, who, not like Devontae Smith or Waddell, who probably would have gotten more snaps right away. He has a chance to blossom and develop in back of Slayton, in back of Shepard, in back of Ross, in the back of Galladay. But like I said, the Giants... In two, two different places, added capital for next season. Like I said, we'll see what happens in the regular season. Because right now, we can all be angry. A lot of people are saying Steele 
with the Giants, some, some of the picks that we did. A lot of executives are saying they like that the Giants added picks for the 2020, I mean, the 2022 draft because supposedly that draft is better than this draft that happened this past season. So like I said, after 16 games, we'll see what happens. We'll see who really did a good job. And here's the funny thing. Some of these players, some of these executives and scouts who push for certain players to get drafted in the next two years, three years, will get become GMs. If Tony, if Tony um, from Florida, the draft pick for the Giants, ends up being better than Waddell or Devontae Smith, the guy who whoever pushed for the Florida wide receiver to be because when drafted in the NFL because you saw something special in them, they always become GMs because of that. Anyway, off to the NFC. Two in each conference. The Western and Eastern Conference. And the best left for these teams need to, for most for most of these teams for most of these teams majority teams need to go right not lose one game in the five game need to win now. But out of those six, out of those closest mentions, Grizzlies, they could bend with the game because to fall in your, to fall in your favor and allow the Grizzlies the next three and three, three and three, or lose the majority of the games. But it, this is interesting. Sixteen game, six games left. Four teams: uh, the Pacers, Pacers, the Wizards, and and the Spurs. Off to let's talk about LeBron. So LeBron recently came back from his injury, and now he's out again for the next two games. He mentioned that he may never be over hundred percent again. Emilio, Emil, Acheo, Acheo. I don't know how to say his name. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Fox. He he's a former player of the NFL. He's only thirty years old, and he played. And he's a uh, analyst in. Fox Sports said recently he believes that LeBron is using that statement that he'll never be 100% again so that when he does return to himself, he could hype the fact that he never thought that he was going to be 100% again. I agree with that. Doubt yourself and then laugh in the f and, and get, then get people to believe that you may never be 100% again. And when you do perform at 100% or at least close to it, you can laugh at their face. I we'll see what happens with LeBron. You know, ladies and gentlemen, after Kobe Bryant got his uh tore his Achilles, he was never the same again, even though he came back and played a couple more seasons. He was never the same guy again statistically. He just didn't look like himself at all. Is this LeBron's time where he's gonna start slowing down and is this the end of, of LeBron James? Will he retire in the next two or three seasons because he's not the Le LeBron James that we we all known to love? We'll see. Now, in February, was it March? Long story short, with all the trades that were done by all the uh, NBA teams that are, that are fighting for, or in only two, only two trades seem to really work out. For the playoff teams. That's the New York Knicks. And the Denver Nuggets. The Knicks got Derrick Rose from the Pistons. Denver got Aaron Gordon from the Magic. In 30 games with the Knicks. Derrick Rose. Um, the Derrick Rose has managed to be a difference maker. The Knicks record. 
in, in the last 30 games is 21 and 9. And within the last 14 games, the Knicks, no, not even 14 games. Yeah, within the last 14 games, sorry, the Knicks are 12 and 2. In terms of the Denver, Denver has gone 17 and 4 since they acquired Aaron Gordon. All the other trades have not helped the other teams that were trying to make the playoffs. Raptors in, in Portland made a trade with Trent. Uh, which, um, why did I say his name wrong? Anyway, Norman Powell was the main focal point of who's got traded between Toronto and, and Portland. And Norman Powell has done nothing really for the for the Blazers. The Blazers in 22 games since getting Powell are, are 11-11. That's not a difference maker. That didn't help the Blazers get a chance and opportunity to go from a team that, that seems to be always in the 5th to 8th seed or lower, between the 5th and 8th seed. It seemed that it just kept them stuck to when, when if the power trade worked out for them, they definitely could have been the 3rd or 4th team right now in the Western Conference. But they're not. The Celtics made a move with the Magic. They traded for Evan... Fournier in eleven games with the Celtics, the Celtics are five and six, ladies and gentlemen. Not a difference maker. I thought this trade was gonna work for the Celtics because they lost Gordon Hayward to the Charlotte uh, to the Charlotte Hornets and they you know didn't see it seemed like they were missing him, in my opinion. But long story short, the next six games will be interesting. We'll see what happens. We'll see if the Warriors make the playoffs. We'll see if any team uh, goes in a deep winning streak, uh, in the winning streak, to help them make the playoffs. We'll see if any team like the Grizzlies or the Hornets uh, crash and basically um, choke. Next six games will be interesting. Hopefully, no team chokes, but we'll see anything happen. Ladies and gentlemen, Albert Pujols was just. Designated for assignment today by the Los Angeles Angels. Most times, I wouldn't be happy for someone to lose their job. Not really. I wouldn't really. I would look like, man, they look stupid. But, however, Albert will be picked up by one of, one of the teams out there to a minor league contract. He won't be claimed because he's, he's basically still old a lot of money. I think his contract had him getting paid at least $30 million this year. So, if any team claims him... They're most likely on the hook of. Um, they most likely have to pay him, fifteen plus million dollars. But I don't know if what Albert Pujols has in store for us. You know, if he if he does continue playing, I think the American League is the best sense for him. Uh, best thing for him to do, because of the DH, he's he has no he's no longer a first baseman. I mean, this season alone, even though he's hitting one ninety eight. If you look at his batting average as a DH, he's hitting 250, where he was hitting below 250 as a first baseman and even a third baseman this uh, this current season. Now, which teams are good for him? Well, right now he can go to any team that he wants. He can go and say, "I'm going to do my farewell uh, season with the St. Louis Cardinals," or he could stay in the American League. and And I'd see teams like the Rays. The Rays right now could use him. They're over 500. Their DH is hitting under 200. 
he can go to the Baltimore Orioles, who are 15 and 16, and help try to help them um, perform good. However, who knows what Albert, Albert Pujols is going to do. He, he's a World Series champion. He's won awards. He's a Hall of Famer. He has nothing else to prove. Off to my New York Mets. Well, my New York Mets just fired this week, this past week, hitting coaches Chili Davis and Tom Slater. This season, a lot of the hitters are not hitting good with players in scoring position. However, the main problem on hand is James McCann, who's a free agent they did sign, is not hitting. And Francis Lendier is doing even worse. Today, he just broke a slump after going 0-25 uh, the last 25 or bets. Could that be the main reason why... He, he's, uh, why Chili Davis and Tom Slater was fired? You know, everyone said they were thrown off from this firing. No one thought that this firing was going to happen. Uh, was going to happen. Everybody was thrown off. There was even a joke when the hitting, uh, when the hitting started to prove recently of a guy named Donnie, uh, Donnie Stevenson was a, a great hire. It was an imaginary guy. A guy who, who didn't really exist. But long story short... Chili Davis is gone. Tom Slater is gone. You know, uh, everyone was thrown off from this firing. Let's see what this does for this team. You know, right now, one of the things that, that was put before the season was the pitching was going to be great, the hitting was going to be great, and watch out for the Mets. Well, right now, because hitting not being successful as, as good as the, the, the pitching has been so far this season, the, the New York Mets are just at 500. When a lot of teams thought, when a lot of experts, and even me, myself, thought that they could be better than just a 500 team. But let's see what happens. Let's see if this firing wakes up the bats. Let's see if D Dominic Smith or McNeil or McCann or Lindier finds uh, their groove and helps this jumpstart this offense that has basically been one of the worst offenses in the major leagues. Now off to wrestling. I just saw the A the A and E biography on Roddy Roddy Piper. This guy loved to piss people off so much that he got stabbed three times. Can you imagine that? That a guy loved being a hated villain so much that he got Fans wanting to steal to, to stab him. You know, Hank Aaron faced racism when he was trying, when he was close to having the home run record and beating Babe Ruth. And that was racism. But he wasn't trying to be hated. He was just trying to do his job. Roddy Roddy Piper, you know, he's trying to do his job, but he, he doesn't know, he didn't know how to turn off the switch in terms of not getting fans. Um, angry so much that they wanted to stab him. But he fought multiple fans and more, and he did more. And more. You know, it's, uh, he's one of the best promo wrestlers ever. Well, a little bit, to so give you a little bit of insight of who he was, he became a wrestler at 15. He was homeless when he was a wrestler. At the same time becoming a wrestler. 
between being homeless at 15 and having an abusive father, Roddy Roddy Piper could never let go of the demons of his past, no matter how successful he was. And I feel bad for him. Can you imagine being homeless at 15? Can you imagine that that you had an opportunity not to be homeless if you just chose to get get hit and get abused by your father? Can you imagine that? The things he saw at 15 on the streets of Canada. So wrestling was his safe haven. Wrestling took him off the streets. Maybe not right away, but sooner or later, he developed into a great wrestler. He was amazing at promos. And he was untouchable. You know, you Ric Flair is one of the top, and Piper is at the same level. There's no guys that could touch uh, uh, or at their level. They're like elite status. If there was a Mount Rushmore of guys who did promos, these guys, man, if they just, you know, in baseball and, and in different sports, football, basketball, hockey, it's probably soccer, you name it. There's always statistics. How many times a guy did this? How many times a guy did that? You know, I, I want to know how many, how many promos... In a row, not even on a row. How many promos w w are graded A for guys like Ric Flair and guys like Roddy Roddy Piper? Because it seemed like they could never do a bad one. Anyway, long story short, Roddy Roddy Piper was an amazing wrestler. From what I seen, he was an amazing father, an amazing friend. He will be missed forever. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is my show for today. I am your host, Anthony Roman. This is the Truth and Rally Podcast. I'll see you next week with a new episode of the Truth and Rally Podcast. Have a good day and an even better night. Bye-bye.